This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Thank you, Stuart, very much for agreeing to do this interview with The Law School Show. Um, first question, could you tell us about yourself without talking about the law? Yeah, no problem, Dean. Um, so when I first actually read this question, um, I had to think about it a little bit just because I wasn't uh, aware of anything about me that's outside the law at this point. When you start working, um, it really does take a lot of time um, out of your day and you have to take up, um, you have to give up a lot in order to Absolutely. actually to yeah. do the job. Um, they're not uh, standard nine to five jobs that you might experience in the government. Um, it's more about um, just working, providing services for your clients. So yeah, with that said, I had to think about what I actually do. So outside of the law, um, I go to the gym. So I, I've been trying to make that uh, a, a good routine in the new year. Um, I, I like to travel. So I've, um, I'm attempting to reach all the continents. Um, my next on my bucket list is Africa. Hoping to uh, get a chance to go there sometime this year. Um, and beyond that, um, just got married. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Um, bought a house and yeah, that's pretty much what I do. I, I play some video games. In terms of your career, could you tell us about how you went from a law school student to a sole practitioner in real estate? civil litigation, family law, and estate planning? Yeah. Um, it wasn't always the plan. To, oh, so it was uh, not. So what was your original plan? Um, the original plan was, um, I have a background in oil and gas. So I worked at Export Development Canada for quite a while. Um, and I handled their oil and gas portfolio. Um, I decided to go out west to do my law school. Um, in the actual hopes that uh, I would land a, an oil and gas job and become legal counsel there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so which university was it? The University of Alberta. So pretty much um, I came, I, I went there, had a great time at law school, um, but decided to come back here um, because my, my wife um, was here. So got tired of doing long distance and came back here, um, essentially worked at an art clean position um, at a small size firm and uh, worked there as an associate and then decided to set out on my own. Um, yeah, so it never really was the plan to actually go out on my own. I'll tell you why. Um, when I first entered law school, I came from big firms. So I worked at the Bank of Canada, worked at Ernst & Young, I worked at EDC. So um, I was always used to big firms, so I thought that was always the way to go. And all throughout law school, um, I thought that, um, again, the big firm was the way to go because that's how they usually train you. Right. Um, it's always big firms hosting events. It's always yes, exactly. big firms. The OCIs. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then as you start to practice, um, you realize that really there's a lot more small firms than um, you were first led to believe during the actual law school process. Um, I, something I remember reading a stat somewhere, something like seventy to eighty percent of uh, lawyers are actually sole practitioners or in very small firms. Yeah, that's very close to the data I received actually yesterday. 
it was more like 20% of the jobs come from the big firms. So it's the other side of the picture. So you were seeing like 80% yeah. already in smaller practitioners. Yeah, exactly. So um, from what my experience has been speaking with people in the big firms, is that sometimes being in the big firm isn't always beneficial. It depends on what you're trying to target. Um, so if you're targeting major multi-billion dollar deals, usually those are only done through the big firms. Um, but if you're targeting the service of just the average person, then usually it's the small firm that uh, takes those types of files because it just isn't lucrative enough for the, the big firm to actually take those files. Right, on. especially when it's very local, right? Exactly. For example, just for Ottawa. Yeah. So could you tell us and more starting from your law school, maybe if you remember your first year experience? Um, I do remember my first year experience. Could um, you tell us about that? I'm a first year myself. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a fun experience. Um, stressful at times because you're not exactly sure how the, the curve goes because uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you read a lot leading up to law school, but I was on some of the forums, um, lawstudents.ca was one of them, of and they're always talking about the curve on how yeah. if everyone gets, I don't know, an A to an A plus or, or 90 to 100% right, then they'll curve it down to a B. So that, yeah. that was something that was uh, a little bit nerve wracking. Um, but other than that, my school at least was was a very collegial school. There's uh, 170 students and we, we all kind of got along. Um, got to know most of the people, so That's it was great. pretty fun. Yeah, no, it, it was a great environment. Um, I ran for some, I guess, um, competition position, so I was part of the articling committee, and that was a, uh, um, you had to get voted in to actually get put on the committee, so um, that in itself was, was pretty fun, a pretty fun process. Um, I participated in our law show, um, which was interesting because that was the first time that I experienced acting in, from, in front of 300, 400 people. So was it a so play? It was a play. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was a play. I had a really small part. Um, I'm not much of an actor, um, but it was, uh, it was a really fun experience. Okay, that's great. So um, afterwards, can we talk about your summers? And did you work during the summers, maybe internships or some sort of summer jobs during law school? Yeah. Um, so I worked at... Uh, two places during the summer. Um, the first place during my first year um, was at a, uh, a local sole practitioner with a local sole practitioner and uh, he practiced primarily in business law or corporate law um, and uh, that was that was a good experience. Um, kind of got my first taste of doing research and how the sole practitioner actually worked. Um, during my second year summer, um, I um, volunteered at a personal injury law firm down in Toronto. So can you tell us about your experience with the first summer job where you practice with a sole practitioner? Do you think that's like the origin of your current sort of like career choice because you were exposed to that kind of practice? Maybe unconsciously. Um, even getting exposed to that, um, my my vision was still to go work for a bigger firm, at least at the beginning, um, just because a sole practitioner has a lot of the benefits, which um, is the third question that you're going to ask me. <laughs> but uh, there are also a lot of cons too. Like it's it's pretty lonely um, at a lot of times because you you only get to talk with 
A, your clients, or B, um, potentially an assistant if you have one. Right, so it's and maybe not... your colleagues sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So I'm very fortunate to, I'm going off track here, but um, to work in an environment where I have some other lawyers around that I can uh, right. chat with. So after you graduated from law school, uh, what was your first legal job? Um, it was as, as an articling student mm -hmm. um, at one of the local law firms. In Ottawa. In Ottawa. At the time, it was around six to seven lawyers. Um, so that, that was a good experience. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I basically um, did some civil litigation, did some family law, did some estate planning. Um, basically helped out where I could. Um, it was a, a good learning process because while you are at the firm, um, you can ask questions of people, but you're also expected to figure things out by yourself, which is a lot of what law is. Um, it's just figuring out problems. And, by yourself. By yeah. looking at the presidents, digging into the research. Exactly. By, yeah, presidents, research, um, just thinking about how things should be done. Um, that's essentially what a lot of law is um, on the barrister side, in my opinion. Um, solicitor side, somewhat uh, less so, but still involves that problem-solving aspect. Right. Um, so, yeah, my, my first job was as an articling student at this firm, and um, yeah, it was a good experience. So, did you go uh, directly from the articling position into sole practitioner afterwards, or did you keep working that firm for a longer while? Yeah, I, I kept on working there for another year. Okay. Um, so that was just because at, at the uh, the articling stage, even after completing it, it's only 10 months, um, right. I didn't feel ready for it yet. Even yeah. though some of my friends who went through the LPP program. Right, um, the Ryerson University yeah, LPP. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just jumped in straight away. Um, and that was always their path. So they were confident doing it. They did a lot of outside research, though, um, as well in their preparation to actually start up their sole practitioner. What do you think are the advantages and challenges of being a sole practitioner? Um, flexibility is certainly an advantage. Um, I get to work from home whenever I want. That's great. <laughs> um, that's unless there's a client meeting, mm -hmm. so um, that's nice. Um, I usually get to uh, um, leave work whenever I want, uh, start work whenever I want. Um, at the same time, um, corresponding challenge to that is that I end up always working because yeah. if a client emails me um, I don't want to forget it for the morning so if they email me at 9 p.m. at night then I'll answer it at 9 p.m. at night um, this is a constant struggle that I'm trying to balance because um, at some point you should probably shut it off or else it starts to monopolize your life another one of the advantages is that um, I have no issue calling up um, basically um, any of the lawyers um, that I can find on the internet. I already have a um, pretty decent network of floors I can give a call in case I have some questions to ask on a certain particular area of law. Um, so that is one of the advantages because, um, I don't know, if you're working at a big firm and you were to call another big firm for advice, they, I don't know how they would take that just because um, they'd be like, oh, just go ask your boss. At the same time, the challenge here is that um, Pretty much, I don't have that immediate person that I can just walk up to. 
in the office space and kind of say, oh, hey, what do you think about the, this or what do you think about that? Another advantage is I also get to choose like the type of client right. um, that I usually deal with. At a big firm, there there might be that challenge or that push from a partner um, to actually retain a client no matter, no matter what, what they are. Mm-hmm. As long as they have money, you, mm-hmm. you're forced to retain them. So right. that that's one of the huge advantages that I find that I have been able to enjoy um, because I've had the opportunity to, to turn down some individuals who I don't think I would work well with. Maybe not a good fit, not exactly. a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We were talking earlier about doing a lot of research and figuring out what the law is. That brings me to actually a very practical question. Uh, I'm wondering if you can comment on some very practical legal skills such as research, legal writing, oral advocacy, maybe also time management. Like how important are these skills in your daily work and how would you advise a law student to start developing these skills during law school? Okay, Um, I'll touch on research. Great. Um, I think um, research, you're you're actually given a lot of tools during law school and um, it might not come until your your third year until you realized how to actually use them efficiently. Um, But essentially, you should just read the cases um, from beginning to end, um, at least at the very beginning, because then uh, as you develop that reading technique, um, you'll be able to start fleshing out um, the important points quicker and quicker. Um, so from a research perspective, um, I think just practice essentially makes perfect. Um, so that would be my suggestion to any first-year law student is not to take the shortcut. Um, don't just, um, I don't know, take someone's notes Case summaries uh, for exams. (laughs) Yeah, the shortcuts, of course. Because, A, you you probably won't even remember that um, 10 years down the road when Mm -hmm. um, a similar case comes up. Like a a client might come to you and say um, a similar case in terms of the facts, and you might not remember anything because all you read was the case summary. From someone else. From someone else, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's somewhat important to read the cases, at least at the very beginning. And for the more important courses like contracts and torts, um, depending on what area you're practicing in, obviously. I don't practice in criminal, so for someone else, criminal might be important for them. Um, I'd also encourage a first-year law student to go to court um, just to observe exactly what goes on there, because there's a lot of stuff that's taught in your courses that might not actually be reflective on how a judge interprets a certain issue because a judge might have um, a different viewpoint and it's good to see how different judges react to different sorts of uh, law and who wrote that law, etc. So I'd encourage a first-year law student to actually go to court, watch the motions, watch trials, and just observe. So talking about on court, uh, do you go to court a lot uh, in your own practice? Um, Not that much anymore. Um, I found over the past um, year or so, it's, my practice really has gravitated more towards real estate. Mm-hmm. And so that is more of a, a solicitor thing um, and less core thing. I, I do go on occasion um, for different reasons um, because I, I still have my civil litigation family law practice. Right. So there still is that need to go there. Um, at the same time, I just getting, I've been getting, I guess, buried in real estate. And so... Um, 
for those first years who are planning on practicing in one area versus the other, um, real estate is more of a uh, steady kind of law position where it's a lot of the transactions are really routine. So mm-hmm. you're not actually, um, I guess, learning that much. I see. And in civil litigation, it's more flexible. So right. um, it's, it's a lot more exciting and there's a lot more learning involved. Um, I'm trying to balance it so that okay. I have a little bit of both just so that um, I have some variety. But uh, yeah, those are the, there, there's a big difference between being a solicitor and a barrister. Um, one additional thing yes. is that for law students, um, I'd encourage them to learn all the areas of law um, because you'll find that all the areas of law kind of intertwine with each other. Yeah. So if you're practicing in real estate, you you need to know how to litigate sometimes because sometimes when a real estate deal goes sour, um, you need to know the repercussions and advise your client accordingly. And it's the same with um, the other areas of law. So it's good to have a, uh, a broad knowledge just so that you can advise your client correctly. Thank you very much, Stephen, for this interview. That was great. Thank you very much oh, for your yeah. time. No problem. Anytime. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find all our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or at our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, Like us again on Facebook and get the latest updates from the Law School Show. Career advancing advice, right to your earbuds.